Good morning. The weather has changed. Yeah, that's great. At least I think I think it's great. By the way, <clears throat> I didn't tell Bruce Coble that that was where goldfish started. <laughs> Disclaimer, yeah. I did read it on the internet somewhere, and uh, I think I sent him the link or something to the this is the origin of Goldfish website, so it must be true. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk today about seasons, seasons in our lives, seasons um, in our walk with the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, well, let's just get into it. Would you stand with me? And let's read a passage of Scripture that hopefully is familiar with you. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the, for the life that's in your word. And I pray that you, would, that you would quicken each one of us here by the power of the Holy Spirit to receive that life, uh, to grab it and own it and make it our own, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What's your favorite season? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I heard, you know, I, I actually, it was mostly fall. We all fall down. Yeah, we're, we're sitting down. Uh, but it wasn't a trick question. I did hear a spring, and I might have heard a summer or something. And, and, and you know, and there's, there is no right answer. My favorite one is fall. Now, if you listen to music, though, you'd think that was the worst one. Because, I mean, like, winter is the most wonderful time of the year, right? You know, and spring, spring is busting out all over, and it's a time to fall in love and things like that. And summer, those of you who are old enough remember those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. Uh, and most of you aren't that old. Uh, <clears throat> but there's a lot of, lot of, you know, hey, fun summer songs, uh, but autumn... Oh, man, that's when I miss you most of all. But I love it. I, lo- I love, the, I love the, the feel of it. I love the smell of it. I love the, I love the look of it. Hey, I mean, it's football time. And t- no, that's probably not a good place to go right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, one of the reasons that I love living in Tennessee is it has all four seasons. And I, I, I enjoy them all, and they, and they just keep coming around. And they're all necessary. And people have seasons in their lives. We, we, have, we have seasons in our lives. When, uh, when, you're, when you're a little kid, uh, you know, you're, you're looking forward to that next season, whatever that may be. You know, I want, I want to, I'm, you're looking forward to starting school. And then you start school and find out what that's all about. And then you... Uh, 
uh, then, then you're looking forward to going to high school and you're looking forward to getting your license and looking forward to being 18, being 21, get, getting your first job, your first car, uh, your first, your first child, all those things. And, and unfortunately, most, most, most people have to get a little older before they realize that each season is not just a preparation for the next season, but it's something to be enjoyed. Something to be savored, something 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 to be to be experienced. You know, there are many many tributaries in our lives, many many things that feed into uh, into our life, our health, our family, interests, friends, work, finances, education, other things, and and all of them are in some sort of flux or in some sort of season. Uh, but oftentimes we'll find ourselves in a season in life where you, you know one or two of these things is in is in big turnover, big big change, big big things happening in it, and so we're we're always in in some in some sort of season, uh, especially in these different areas of our lives. And you could you could argue about which is the most important, but I, I would suggest that the most important one isn't up there, but it's, it's getting ready to be. The most important tributary in our life is the spiritual tributary. If that one's clean, if that, if that one's deep, if that one's flowing freely, then, then that covers over a whole lot of issues with any of the other tributaries that, uh, that may be going on. In fact, Proverbs, Proverbs 29, uh, 19, 23 says that the fear of the Lord uh, leads, leads one to to rest content, and that trouble can't touch them. The fear of the Lord, that, that, that is a clean spiritual tributary when, you, when you've got that in your life. And it says that it, that it leads us to rest content and that trouble can't touch us. Now, that doesn't mean trouble won't come. You know, news, news flash, trouble is coming. If you don't experience it today, just wait till tomorrow. Or, or next week, at some point in time, trouble is coming. The issue, the issue isn't will it come or not. The issue is what's, what's it going to do when it gets there. And when it says that trouble can't touch those who, who trust in the Lord, those who, uh, who have the fear of the Lord in their lives, who have that, that, that clean spiritual tributary, what it means is it won't destroy you. You, you, you can stand during that time. In fact, Paul, Paul says over in Philippians chapter 4, says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, Paul never drove in Nashville traffic, <laughs> but Paul was in some situations that maybe people who've driven in Nashville traffic are never going to be in. I've never, I, I've never been trapped in a shipwreck in the open sea. You know, I've, I've never been publicly beaten or, or stoned, but the secret is the same. He says, he says, I've learned the secret. I can do all things to him who gives me strength. And we like to take that last verse and, and divorce it from the rest of it and use it as our victory verse. You know, this, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on top of stuff because I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. But, but the truth of the matter is when everything's going well, you know, when you're feeling good and people like you and you got money in the bank, you're not much thinking about, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. 
It's when, it's when things get tough. That's when that verse is needed. And, it, and it's, it's tied into the secret. When I was uh, back in 19, I think this was 84. might have been early 85, but I think it was 84. There was a brief period of time when I was the uh, acting director at, uh, at the Bible school in Zimbabwe. Bruce had, had already come back to the States and, and, uh, and Jason Maroa, who uh, had, had been uh, the director for a while, was was on a, a sabbatical in the States. And so I was the acting director, and I had a student come to me one day. And, uh, and he comes to me and he says, Pastor, I, uh, I, I believe I'm going to have to go home. And I said, oh, really? What, you know, what's, what's wrong? What's, what's the problem? He said, oh, uh, it's not a problem at home. He said, uh, the first year that I was here, it was so exciting. And, and, and God was moving, and it was so alive, and every day the miracles were happening, and revelation was happening, and it was wonderful, and that's just not happening anymore. So I, I think I need to go home. Went, Whoa, wait a minute. What you need to do is you need to read Ecclesiastes 3.1. To everything there is a season. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. It's not going to be revelation and, 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 and power and shouting every day. There have to be seasons in your life when roots grow in the ground. There have to be seasons of dormancy that come into, in, into a person's life in order for them to grow, in order for them to be able to, 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 to grow spiritually. And it's not just in, in that area of life where we have seasons. Probably, probably an uh, example that many of you could relate to is, is marriage. Marriage has seasons. Now, how many of you knew that? Okay. Uh, you've been married for a while, right? <laughs> I, I, I've, heard, I've heard tales of older couples. I've, I've heard people say, you know, it's just so wonderful. It's so beautiful. Uh, you know, Oscar and Ethel. The flame never died. They, it's like they were on their honeymoon for, for, for 50 years and they're still on. I don't believe a word of that. <laughs> really. I mean, with the dirty diapers and the burnt meals and the financial pressures and the changes that come in life, I, I promise you the flame, it might not have died, but it, it, it took a vacation a few times. It, it goes on hiatus sometimes, and it can be brought back you know, as long as you understand about seasons. See, see that, that, that honeymoon flame is like, a, is like lighting a piece of paper on fire. I mean, that thing is easy, and it, you know, it, it just goes up, and it's pretty, and it's easy to sit on fire, and it just it burns, you know, and it, it's, but it doesn't burn long unless you add something to it. It's got, got to have some fuel added to it. And, and those who have learned about seasons and those who have learned to, to persevere through difficult seasons in, in their marriage come to a place where, you know, they, they may not, it, it may not be the kind of fire that it was in the beginning, but it's, this, this is a life-affirming, life-giving, the kind of fire you can sit beside and it'll give you heat and it'll give you, and it'll give you light and it'll, it'll cook your meals for a long time. Do some good things. Those who look for the spark all the time don't stay married. Now, that's not the only reason why people don't stay married, and some reasons are better than others. That one's the worst one. It's impossible to stay married if that's 
you know, that's, that's terminal adolescence in a person's life. You know, we don't respect those who abandon their, their, their commitments. There was a news thing this past week, some of you probably read it, about uh, a woman up in Iowa who uh, left her four kids at home with, with no one looking after them to take a vacation to Germany for two weeks. The oldest one was 12. Yeah, there were two, two of them, 12. Yeah, two 12s and, and, then, and then a couple younger. Uh, you know, what kind, what kind of mom is that, right? And, and when people walk away from their duties and walk away from their, from their callings, we, we don't necessarily respect that. But we think little about walking away from some of our duties and some of our callings. We think little about going on what Steve Taylor calls the steeplechase. A change of habit. Used to go bar hopping. Now you're church shopping, are you? It's been a problem finding one to fit you. You didn't feel good, did you? It's a steeplechase. Blame your failures on churches where you've gone steeplechase. And it's not just about about churches. Uh, One of the things that people learn as they go through seasons is uh, as they mature in the Lord, if they will, is that, that, uh, you know... I used to think that there were that there were uh, you know there are churches for 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 feelings touchy feely you know you got your Pentecostals and your evangelicals and you know and I I'm kind of over there and then there your there your thinking churches you know you got your 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 Methodists and your Presbyterians over there and then you got you know Baptists are kind of scattered all over the place somewhere in between and and and, and things like that I used to think you know that's what the dichotomy was both of those are red herrings. Both of those are false positives. It's not, am I a feely person or a thinky person? It's entirely about what has God told me to do? Where has he put me? What, what am I supposed to and, and, and we And we get to a place where we learn that coming to church isn't about me. You know, we, we have this consumer mentality. If I like it, I like it. If I don't like it, well, I need to find something that I do like. No, you, you, you come to church somewhat for you, but you're really here for everybody else. I, uh, look, here's the thing. I, uh, well, I've got one. No, I don't want to go there, but I'll go here. Uh, Well, I, I can kind of go there. Uh, well, my youngest daughter, she, you know, she moved to Atlanta. <laughs> okay, it's not that far away. You know, we get to see her every now and then. But before she moved to Atlanta, every Sunday I got to sit beside her. You know how I felt about that? And on and on and on a Sunday that maybe she was really late or something or didn't get her. Do you know that I had a hard time? Well, I, I say I had a hard time. It, I could not help but think, where is she? And and with many of you, you know, I'm I may not. That's not my phone, but it's somebody's. Okay. I don't know. You probably can't hear it, but I I can hear it. Can you hear it? You got good ears. <laughs> uh, you know, with, with many of you, I. Uh, if you're not here, I know it. You know, and, and I may, 
I grew up in a, I grew up in a, in a, in a situation where it was every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, we didn't miss anything whatsoever. My dad was a pastor, but, uh, but we, we didn't miss anything. And, and if, and if somebody missed, I heard about it when I got home, you know, well, brother so-and-so is, you know, uh, and it wasn't until I understand there are times when people need to miss. I understand that. You know, I, I, I fully do. And it wasn't until my parents got older and their health began to, to fail that it kind of began to get through to them as well. That, well, maybe sometimes people just can't make it. But even then, you know, I miss you. But here's the thing. There are people, almost everyone, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not just a visitor, if you've been here for a while, there are people in this church that if they're not here, you might not even know their name. But you know their face, and you look at them each week, and they mean, it means something to you that they're here because of the way they worship, the way they pray, the way something about them means something to you. Because I mean, are, 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 can I get can I get a witness? Yeah, okay. They're looking at you too. They know your face, and it means something to them for you to for you to actually be there. Uh, and I'm not just talking about church, you know, we, uh, about abandoning that. I'm talking about, you know, our, with our jobs, with our, our, our at school, uh, with our marriages. You know, there, we, we need to persevere through things. It's, it's important. You know, new is exciting, all right? New is always exciting. Yeah, I mean, we got, we got a Chick-fil-A over here, right? And, and everybody likes to go Chick-fil-A. And so we go Chick-fil-A and nobody's going today because it's closed. But, you know, if, if they built another Chick-fil-A like two miles down the road here, if they built one at, you know, uh, uh, Hazelwood and, and Old Nashville Highway, that, that place would be packed because that's the new Chick-fil-A. Looks just like the old one, but it's the new one. And so, you know, we like, we like new, but uh, new is always exciting, but always new is always shallow. Now, if that, if that's what we've always got to have, uh, needing new all the time is a fix for not having the real new in our lives, which is his mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If every morning we awaken to the newness and freshness of his, of his grace and His mercies, then we don't need the artificial stuff. It keeps us pumped up. Those running after freshness are themselves always shallow, and there are rocks in those shallow waters. There's, there's danger there. You know, we, uh, we, we think about Jesus and we think about, oh wow, what an exciting life. All those, all those miracles and all those teachings and all those things that would happen in his life. But we, we, we don't really stop to think that, you know, he spent 30 years before the stuff started happening. And what was he doing during those 30 years? Well, he was learning to read, learning, learning, learning obedience, learning how to dress himself, uh, learning a skill, learning, learning a job. He, he was doing life. 
That's what he was doing. And even after the stuff started, even after the ministry started, it wasn't just miracle, 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 miracle. No, it, it, was, it was long walks on dusty roads and trying to find a place to sleep tonight. And where are we going to get some, uh, where, where are we going to get some food? And what am I going to do with these knuckleheads and, and all, all, all of this stuff? It was life that he mostly had to experience. David, David spent a couple of hours of one day in his life killing a giant. It's the only time that happened. Peter walked on water one time in his life. The rest of it was life. The rest, the rest of it was, was, was seasons and, and period, periods of dormancy. And there, there are times for changes, okay? But the Lord, in my life, the Lord has always made me become content where I am before he had moved me. When I came back to the Lord, I went to a church up in Hendersonville. And the first year I was at that church, woo! You know, I was back with the Lord, and I was feeling good. And this is, uh, wow! I'm clean. I'm free. I'm righteous. This is wonderful. If I die tonight, I'm going to heaven. What about you? And you know, and 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 I go to the greatest church in the world, and I got the greatest pastor in the world. It was just, it was, it was really good. And then the second year, uh, some things started kind of coming unraveled, and. Uh, you know, I and I wasn't all that mature in the Lord yet, so I started coming a little unraveled uh, about about it. Probably said some things I shouldn't have said, uh, some some things publicly, and uh, and then the Lord finally got my attention and went, "I may have somewhere else for you to go, but you're not going till I get you fixed. You're not going until I get you changed on the inside and get you ready. You see, when, when, when we have this discontent, we tend to look out here for what the problem is. And 90 plus percent of the time, the problem isn't out here. The problem's in here. God's trying to fix something in our lives. He's put us in a season where He's trying to do something in us. But before I left that church, I got to I got to the place where I realized, yes, Lord, you know, yeah, I see some problems here, but uh, I'm good. I'm good. And then he he brought Margaret into my life, and he called us to another church. When, when we got married, he called us. We moved to the other side of town. He called us to the other side of town, from from Hendersonville to to Brentwood. And we didn't live in Brentwood. <laughs> we just pretended we did, like most people do. And we uh, and we uh, went to that church. And you know what? The church in Brentwood was great, and it had problems. But the Lord had taken me through a season where I was able to deal with the fact that it had problems. And I was able to receive wonderful things there. Wonderful things there, even, even though, even though there, were, there were problems going on. I, uh, when I, a lot of you know that before I went into the ministry, I worked in the Social Security Administration. And, and I worked, and I'm not, I'm not really a, a sit behind a desk eight hours a day kind of guy. I mean, that's, that's not really how I roll. Uh, but I, the reason that I did that was, uh, and I've told you this before, was because it supported my habit of working in the church, and that was really where my life was. And, um, 
to get ahead in the Social Security Administration, you, you had to be willing to transfer. I wasn't willing to transfer because my destiny wasn't the Social Security Administration. This church is where the Lord had put me, and I couldn't transfer and, and continue going there. So, you know, I stayed there. And, uh, and even though I stayed there for five years, and toward the end of the five years, you know, I, I still wasn't a, an eight-to-five kind of guy. But you know what? I'd learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And I could do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That, 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 that spiritual tributary was flowing, was flowing nice and clean. And I'm okay, God. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Uh, he spent 40 years teaching the, the children of Israel this in the wilderness. He said, there's a cloud here by daytime and there's a fire by nighttime. And when that thing moves, you can move. But when it stays, you stay. And every time in Scripture that they, that they ruptured that agreement, they, they were disobedient to that, every time that they did and the times that they wanted to were always mistakes. Always. Okay, move on over into the promised land. Oh, we don't want to go. That was a mistake. Oh, we've made a mistake. Let's move into the promised land. No, we're staying. No, we're going to go do it. That was a mistake. Hey, what do you think about us going back to Egypt? I think that'd probably be better than That was a mistake. So God was teaching them to, 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 to listen, to follow the cloud. Back in 1982, we had a home Bible study, and it was a young adult Bible study, and there was a guy who came one night, and he was, um, uh, it was his first time, I, I not ever met him before, but he came with this gal who was a regular at the Bible study and who coincidentally was also quite cute. And uh, so after he left, about 15 minutes later, he comes back and he has this question. This is essentially his question. How can I get spiritually mature real fast? Now I, I I basically subscribe to the uh, to the the saying that there's no such thing as a stupid question, but I would add a corollary: there's no such thing as a stupid question except this one. <laughs> you know, this is kind of like my my grandson Bo going, uh, "Da, how can I get my driver's license quicker? <laughs> Wait 14 years. That's the only way to get there." And, and there's, no, there's no getting spiritually mature real fast. And yet that's, that's kind of what we want. That, that we, wanna, we, we don't want to go through seasons. How do I get to skip the seasons? You don't. You don't get to skip the seasons. Learn what God has for you in the season. Enjoy the fact that He's working in your life in the season. Speaking of... Dumb. <laughs> I'm also gonna. I'm, I'm gonna put a couple of other dumb things up here. The, this is this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard a preacher say in a pulpit. And most of you've heard me say this before. And it actually was during the unraveling year uh, at, uh, at at Hendersonville. But it was this. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather be one step ahead of the Holy Spirit than one step behind Him. 
Now, but but now wait, you know, it was in the middle of a it was you, you gotta understand what the context was. Because we were we were we were we were chucking, we were blowing and going in that sermon. I mean, you know, it was it was call and response time. It was yay and amen. It was, you know, burn yourself out for Jesus Christ. You don't you want to serve God? I'd you know, I'm not gonna be a laggard. I'd rather be you know, and so we were all kind of going, yeah, and it wasn't until I got in the parking lot later that I went. That's wrong. Because if I'm one step ahead of the Holy Spirit, who's leading? Yeah. Who, now, and then this last week, I read a, uh, I read a, there's, there's a place of business that I frequent real often, and I, I've seen this written on, on a place in, in the office there a number of times, and it wasn't until this week when I was thinking about this sermon that this one, that the light came on for this one, and it was this. Work like it depends on you. Pray like it depends on God. Now, I mean seriously. I mean, some of you are probably sitting there going, well, what's wrong with that? Because this is perfect American beer commercial mentality. I mean, this, (laughs) you know, this... Yeah, it's kind of like, boy, that sounds right to me. Uh, this is so wrong on so many levels. For, for one thing, this is exactly what Abraham and Sarah did. That's how they got Ishmael. This is exactly how Moses became a murderer. It's how Peter ended up cutting a man's ear off, you know, and being rebuked by Christ. Basically, what it's saying is, God, if you don't show up, I got this. God, if you don't show up, I'm doing this anyway. I believe it's what it means. Make up your mind. Does it depend on you or does it depend on God? If it depends on you, you got a lot of times around the mountain left. When you find out it does depend on God, you start going up the mountain. That's what can happen at that point. Because you see, I do believe the saying that says, actions speak louder than words. And God isn't after your words. Words are important, yes, but He's after your actions. He's after your heart. He's after your walk, your lifestyle, as Bruce was talking about. And the action that makes all the difference in the world, the, the action that, that is the bedrock for everything is what Quopus was talking about last week. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. I... I can't remember the man's name, but um, I was at a conference at Belmont. I think Wayne was there as well. But I, I, I remember one of the phrases that, that he said that just blew me out was, the older I get, the more I realize that it just boils down to really love Jesus and do what you want to do. Because if you really love Jesus, what you want to do is going to be right. If you really love God, then that stream's going to be pure. 
It's going to flow. And what's the first thing that we know about love? I mean, when you look at the definition of love, the first thing that we learn is love is patient. Love isn't in a hurry. Love doesn't have to have it right now. Love can persevere through a season. Say, well, what... What are we supposed to do? Do nothing? No. No. How about this? Pursue the Lord instead of a change of scenery. That was, that was, better, that was better than two mm's. You know, that, that deserved a whole whoa. Whenever it's pursue the Lord. I mean, a change of scenery may be in order. It may be needed. But that's not going to help. Pursue the Lord. Say, well, what? How, how do you do that? Do something. Wherever you are, you know, if you're reading the Bible every day, if the, if the Word of God's coming into your heart every day, if you're, if you're, if you're growing in, your, in, in giving and, and generosity and learning to tithe and obedience and things, and, and if, you're, if you're growing in service and if you're growing in prayer and growing in your in hearing from God, and being able to talk, you're doing something. You're doing the most important things already. And God has not forgotten you. He, he, he hasn't forgotten you because, you know, not, there's not anything going on right now. No, He hasn't forgotten you. And your, His seasons are in your, your seasons are in His hands. Now, let me get that one straight. We, we try and, and flip it. But your seasons are in His hands. And he gives power to the faith. To those who, who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youths will stumble and fall. Even, even those full of vigor will faint. But they, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And they'll not just do that. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. Eagles, are, they don't do the, the, the butterfly um, hummingbird thing. They soar. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And they shall persevere through the beautiful seasons of the Lord.